Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome to the Stampede Blue Podcast, the official podcast of the Indianapolis Colts on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and day two of the 2022 NFL Draft is in the books, and, well, the Colts had a good day, and we're going to talk about it. Joining me from Stampede Blue are Chris, the Guru Shepherd, and Jared Malott. Guys, thanks for joining me. Hey, it's good to be here. Absolutely, David. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is uh, and I, for clarity, um, Chris got the nickname because he uh, he called <laughs> three out of the four picks uh, for the Colts, which is uh, uh, unheard of. We, we've asked him for lottery numbers. He has not obliged us, which uh, hopefully we can get him to relent on that. Um, yeah, I got to I got to hit the jackpot first. Then you guys, whatever. Yeah, it's it's the you hit first. <laughs> I'm good with that. Oh, excellent. Just remember to share some of the love. Um, <laughs> all right. So. This was an interesting draft for the Colts. Uh, we're going to start with what happened at the very beginning of the second round. Uh, I think as we were talking in the writer's chat, we all sort of um, theorized, or most of you theorized, that uh, Ballard was going to trade back. He loves to do it, and he did. Um, in a mm-hmm. trade with Minnesota Vikings, the Colts moved back. They gave up uh, pick number 42 and uh, pick number 122, which is a fourth-round pick. Uh, in exchange... They got uh, the Colts' second-round pick, which was number 53, so they moved back 11 spots. Uh, They also picked up their third-round pick, number 77, and their sixth-round pick, number 192. Uh, And with that second-round pick uh, at number 53 overall, the Colts took wide receiver Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. Uh, Some quick stats on this guy. Six foot three, 213 pounds, so he's a bigger receiver. Uh, In four years at Cincinnati, he played 36 games. 106 receptions, 1,851 yards, that's 17.5 average, and 13 touchdowns. And uh, probably no surprise to you guys, uh, it's a little bit different for me uh, covering the Colts for the first season. Uh, This guy had an outstanding RAS score. Uh, For those of you who are listening, you don't know what uh, RAS is. It's relative athletic score. It's a great way of measuring how these guys compare to other players at their position. A 9.62 out of 10 puts him in the great category, very athletic. Uh, and real quick scouting report on him, somewhat limited route tree. Uh, he can challenge downfield, uh, projects more as a possession receiver, but he, does, he definitely has speed. Uh, he's big and he does play strong and he's good with contested catches. So uh, first, uh, Jared, for you, mm-hmm. your thoughts on the pick, his fit with the Colts, and do you like him or do you not like him? It's kind of funny to me, first of all, that the, the Colts had said that they don't really, they don't really use – Relative athletic score, however, comma, um, Colts had pretty glaring needs, right? Going into this draft without a first round draft pick. And for the record, that's probably a good thing. Uh, one of the things I've, I've been kind of hammering this for a while, Chris knows, 
hey, a lot of these clubs are still terrible at talent evaluation. Alec mm-hmm. Pierce, for the record, number 48 all time in terms of relative athletic score at the wide receiver position, which means that Chris Chris Ballard recognized the same sort of need us plebs did, right? We sat here and said, Colts have a wide receiver need. And what do we do? Get an all-time top 50 prospect at the position. So awesome. What what a great pickup. Uh, and then I'd argue any grown man, six foot three, 211 pounds, runs a 4-4-140 is absolutely not a possession receiver. That is an icon at that position. He's going to be a problem because you can't put a traditional cornerback on him. You're going to always right. have to accompany him with a safety over the top or he's going to go, go right by your cornerback. And he's also much bigger than your corner. So mm-hmm. then you f- have to put your best defender on him at all times. And oh, by the way, the Colts also employ michael pittman jr who you have to do the same thing to because he's also a big boy a big boy and a little slower a full inch taller a full tenth of a second slower and a 40 so really the colts picked up a burner right that they're going to be able to mold their deep game around uh at 53 what a get after trading back after After trading trading back back. what a get um Chris, you heard the enthusiastic response for Alec Pierce. Uh, what are your thoughts on this wide receiver? I know there was some talk about guys like Sky Moore, who I think went right after. I think he literally went in the next pick. Um, but what are your thoughts on Alec Pierce's fit uh, and the value of the pick? Sure. So as far as fit, he is exactly who uh, Chris Ballard looks for. Um, he's big. He's fast. Like you, like you guys mentioned, the, the RAS score. Uh, solid high nines, um, and he was a senior bowl standout. So he's mm-hmm. everything Ballard always looks for uh, at the position in the draft. As far as fit for the team, I think, like Jared said, it's you know we've got a couple of really big wide receivers that you're going to have you're going to have problems covering. They can do different things, um, but one thing, and this is something that most fans are going to roll their eyes at, but the Ballard has talked about it consistently. The one thing that is very important to him is getting blocking on the outside. That's something that both Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce excel at. They're huge. They're big. You're blocking a smaller man most of the time. These guys give good value uh, in that uh, and good value just with where he was picked in the draft. But as blockers, they're going to be a problem. You can't have long runs without good blocking on the outside. Alec Pierce is is a great fit there. Yeah, two big physical receivers um, coming in for Matt Ryan. Uh, we had talked about this a little bit in our chat. Um, historically, Matt Ryan has always had you know at least taller receivers, bigger receivers in his time in Atlanta. There are a few exceptions, but for most of his career, he's guys he's had guys who are physical, uh, who can win at the point of contact, uh, and you know with someone like Julio Jones who could also go downfield and challenge deep. Uh, to your point, I think the the run blocking is going to be critical here. Um, obviously, the Colts want to lean heavily on the running game uh, this year and, and uh, with good reason. And a player like Alec Pierce, I think, fits a little bit better into that mold than maybe what Sky Moore did. I liked the idea of Sky Moore simply because he was different uh, from what we currently have uh, and could present a different look. Um, but I think there are guys on the roster who could potentially fill into that uh, slot role. With Pierce, you could put him outside. You could potentially put him inside as well. Um, but this guy can take the top off. And like Jared said, I think if you've got uh, corners who are typical corner height, you know, five foot 11, you know, six foot, uh, having Pierce and Pittman on the outside is going to be a nightmare 
for defensive coordinators. You're going to have to figure out which guy do you double, which guy do you uh, try to keep from uh, taking the top off. So this, I like the fit here. I, I especially like it in that we traded back to get him. They didn't take him at 42. They took him at 53, picked up another third round pick, which I, obviously is going to be part of our conversation here. Um, but yeah, I love this pick. I think uh, this is a guy that uh, he doesn't have to contribute immediately in a big way. Obviously, we've got Pittman uh, to to carry the load there, but uh, I, I think he's going to be a contributor on day one and, and have a good rookie season. Uh, again, he's not needed to be wide receiver one, and I think that's a big part of this. Um, all right, let's move on. Next pick for uh, the Vi- <laughs> Vikings. What am I saying? For the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't hit the juice this morning, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, in the third round with pick 73, Mm. Uh, they took tight end Jelani Woods out of Virginia. Originally went to Oklahoma State, would transferred uh, mm-hmm. six foot seven, two hundred fifty nine pounds. He actually played quarterback, I believe, in high school. Uh, again, another athletic freak. His RAS score was a nine point nine seven out of ten. Literally ranked fourth all time out of <laughs> all tight end prospects since nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. Um, just a, a fantastic looking player on paper, obviously mm-hmm. uh, is going to, we'll see how this plays out on the field. Quick scouting report, big frame, long mm-hmm. arms, and he knows how to use his size uh, could be a big threat in the, in the red zone. He does need some development as a blocker, both in pass blocking and in run blocking. And he's not necessarily a natural hands catcher. He's going to let that ball hit his chest uh, and, and try to cradle it a good bit. So probably some work to be done there. Chris, I'll go to you here first with this one. With your thoughts on Jelani Woods, the need, uh, getting him in the third round, the athletic profile, all of it. Yeah, so um, I I don't know when or where you got your RAS score, but when I and- did research on him, I saw it was actually a 10.0, and he mm-hmm. had the highest, so I don't know what numbers. I could be wrong here, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm real jazzed up that he's top five uh, all-time yeah, athletes sure. at the position. Either way, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. so, same, uh, same. Yeah, so it, Woods, he's a, a traditional wide-blocking tight end. Uh, in college, he wasn't used a ton, uh, especially at Oklahoma State. He wasn't used a ton as a receiver. Um, he learned to block. And like you said, he's going to have to develop every tight end that comes out of the draft has to learn to block yep. in the NFL. It's just a different game. Um, but he's a traditional blocking tight end, but he's a traditional blocking tight end, not in the way Jack Doyle was. Jack Doyle was that. Um, and I love Jack Doyle. Every Colts fan who watched Jack Doyle loves the guy and you love him because it, somewhere deep down in your brain, you think, Hey, I could do that too because Jack Moore <laughs> wasn't the athlete that Jelani Woods is. Jelani Woods is an insane athlete uh, who is a good blocker. He's going to have to develop some parts of his game, but um, that's one thing that Chris Ballard is going to bet on. He's going to bet on insane athleticism, insane size. Uh, and one thing real quick, I just want to point out last point. Um, he was coached at the East West Shrine Bowl by Marcus Brady and uh, mm. the offensive coordinator and Colts tight end coach Clayton Adams. Um, and so they got a really good look at Jelani Woods all week in practice. Uh, and there are a couple more guys in the draft day three getting ahead of myself, but that were coached that, you know, these guys might be looking at going forward. Nice. Good call out. Good call out. Um, Jared, your thoughts on uh, Woods and his fit with the team? Well, I think it's, I, I think it's logical to say, you know, I, my hope for 
Jelani Woods is that he is Moali Cox realized, right? Um, I think the thing that the knock on Moali Cox at this stage in his career is that he hasn't quite developed into the player that you thought he would. Um, so I look forward to any, any again. The Colts said, ah, we don't really look at that raw athletic score, man. We don't really care about that. Uh, and then they went out and got like a top five prospect <laughs> of the position all time. So again, it's like same conversation about Alec Pierce, about Jelani Woods in terms of, hey, we have this need. Hey, Jack Jack Doyle uh, for the, was a very well-rounded tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily a great route runner, uh, but a hell of a pass catcher. Uh, not necessarily a great blocker, but certainly willing. And then when you think well, about it, Jack, if we're going to ran a five and a half second 40. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did backwards. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Like not necessarily like going to get separation, but didn't make a lot of catches was used in the past game. And then was also useful in the run game. You could run his way. Right. Um, right. So I think if you're looking to move on from Jack, what you've got to do is get bigger first. Right. I think if there's any knock on Jack Doyle as a prospect, he's a little slight, right? At that position for what the Colts want to do with the guy. Right. Uh, and then and then if you're looking at your stable, uh what is it, Grant Cranston? Granston? Cranston? Didn't necessarily Kyle, yeah, he didn't necessarily come in and take off real quick either. So you could take another shot at that position and again just make sure he's like a, a demon, right? Like six seven and like big. Uh he's going to be a lot of fun to watch, uh, especially if he stays uh, relatively health- healthy and is available and interested in football. You can use him all over the field. Uh, so good good for the Colts, man. Good for them. Yeah, and again, as a third-round pick. As um, a third-round pick. I, I feel like that's the, the key here. It's when you're evaluating the draft, you, you have to think about value and uh, what kind of prospect you're getting. Uh, as you mentioned, Chris, every tight end takes time to develop at the NFL yeah. level. It's one of the more difficult positions. Uh, these guys not only have to learn the routes uh, in the receiving game, they also have to learn about blocking. It's it's like learning two positions, and that's why tight end is a little bit more of a heavy lift as opposed to, say, a wide receiver, running back, et cetera. Um, I like Woods. He actually went to high school uh, not too far from me, and having watched local high school games here, I've seen him play. The guy is athletic. Um, there's no doubt about it. When, when I saw him, he was playing quarterback um, okay. and he could fly. So I, I think the, the upside is definitely there. Hmm. I think the floor is a little bit lower. Um, obviously, he's, he's a third round pick for a reason, but man, you, you cannot teach speed and you cannot teach size. And this guy's got both. <laughs> and to be clear, uh, his productivity, uh, his last year in 2021 uh, with Virginia, 11 games, 44 receptions, 598 yards, eight touchdowns. So again, red zone target. Uh, Mm -hmm. Matt Ryan historically has loved uh, guys like this uh, in the red zone. Uh, I think he's someone that he may not have big numbers his rookie year, but he could be situationally used uh, in a way that helps move this offense forward. All right. We've got two more picks to talk about, uh, Mm -hmm. including, uh, again, just off the charts, RAS scores. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back on the Stampede Blue Podcast. This is David Walker. I am joined by Chris Shepard and Jeremy Lott. We're talking about the Colts' day two picks in the 2022 NFL Draft. We've talked about the first two guys. Let's talk about the next two guys. And yes, there are two, not just one. They The Colts sort of shocked us. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, with the third round pick, pick 77, um, 
I think for me, and I'm curious to hear what you guys think, I'm actually the most excited about this player. Um, and because for one, a lot of people projected the Colts to pick him, but to pick him in round two. Uh, so he fell all the way to round three. Um, I think this is another just great value pick. And that's offensive tackle Bernard Raymond um, out of Central Michigan. Many of you probably heard his story. He's six foot six, 300 pounds, originally from Steinbrunn, Austria, uh, and was a tight end and converted to left tackle during the pandemic, uh, which I want to emphasize was just two years ago. And he made this conversion when there were fewer games to play. Uh, obviously, practices were a lot more difficult. This guy has only been playing left tackle for two years. Uh, and yet again, let's go back to that RAS score, uh, 9.81. This is a top 23 uh, offensive tackle from an athletic standpoint all time. Not only that, this guy is wicked smart. He has a degree in actuarial science. Um, he's incredibly athletic, uh, obviously moving from tight end to left tackle. He was able to put on that weight um, pretty seamlessly and, and maintain his athleticism, which is a fantastic sign. I think the biggest criticisms you're seeing of him are things he can't really help. He's got relatively short arms and obviously playing left tackle just for two years. He's still somewhat raw. Uh, that said, he made a ton of progress uh, in just the two years that he did play left tackle. Uh, huge, huge, huge upside uh, for Raymond here. So, Jared, what do you think of this mm. pick? Uh, are you as excited as I am about the value they got here, or do you feel like uh, maybe there were other options? What do you think of Raymond? I think once you – once you first of all, what do I think of Raymond? Uh, any uh, veteran, so anybody that served, uh, I have a great deal of respect for. Uh, mm, it turns out yes. he, was, he was in the military. Uh, and then also has a degree in actuarial science, and for our – our listeners that may not understand those words, um, actuaries actually like are the judges of your math program at your college. That's what an yeah. actuary does. <laughs> um, so, so he's like smart, smart. Uh, and then to be able to transition from uh, a more of a hybrid role into a blocking role, first of all, it takes a you you have to understand that that there the the ego is involved. Right. Hmm. So he understood that he was giving up, putting the ball in his hands and saying, I'd rather block. Right. So that's that that alone is like, man, I have a great deal of respect for a football player. It's willing to say, hey, you don't need to throw the ball to me anymore. I'm just going to go hit somebody. OK, yeah, let's run behind <laughs> that guy for a while at six, six. Right. Like so he even to me feels like uh, he doesn't have to start. He, he very well could. He very well could stick. And again, that's something I'm going to keep saying. Like, he's got to stick. He's got to maintain his health and interest in football, right? So that, that aspect's there. But in terms of a, a prospect, hell of a prospect, I think the way he was being read was the knock was short arms and then not a lot of timing time at the position but other than that it's like what else do you want out of a, a he's like a complete person right, right? it's, it's a des, yes. the desmond ritter but a tackle conversation right like he's he's a complete person uh, and i and i think you appreciate having those smart people on the field when things go awry right because mm -hmm. those players keep their Great head point. in the game they know what's come that hey mistakes are going to happen let's get to the next play uh and so yeah w w again <laughs> what a, what a prospect but but Way to get value there at that pick. Uh, and then then again, doesn't have to plug and play. Yeah. Doesn't have to. Could. Absolutely. Could beat Matt yeah. Pryor out. 
Wow. Uh, very well. Uh, this is, this is going to make training camp really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, your thoughts on Raymond. You actually, he's one of the players you have pegged. Um, what are your thoughts on him and the value of getting him in the third round? Yeah. So the value, I'll go ahead and tell you the value. The only reason he was available in the third round is because his arms are about uh, two tenths of an inch too short. Uh, <laughs> That's absurd and, to me. <laughs> right. Yes. And he's going to be uh, a 25 year old rookie. Um, mm-hmm. That's it. That's why he was available in the third round. If this guy were 22, 23, he would have been again with the arms. He probably would have been a second rounder. If he had, <laughs> if he had uh, arms that were half an inch longer, he would have been in the first round. Um, so it's, it's great value for the pick. Uh, I mean, absolute worst case, let's say he can't overcome his arms being two tenths of an inch too short, uh, which seems silly, but you know, whatever uh, those numbers are there for a reason. You can kick that guy into guard all day long. Uh, he'll be in a yes. level guard for you. Um, but just as far as Raymond, the player, um, he's an elite level athlete. Like you guys talked about his uh, RAS score is 9.87. Uh, that's insanely high. So just, just going just purely from athletic testing, the comps for him are Lane Johnson, Taylor Lewan, Joe Staley, and Tony Mandrich. And Tony Mandrich needed about all the steroids that he could pump into him to get that score. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) there's a old school reference. Yeah. Raymond's doing it naturally. Um, But you know, he's a great fit. Um, he's a guy that, like you said, doesn't have to start right away, can come in, can challenge for that left tackle spot. I think we're going to see him eventually in his rookie year and we'll see what he's got. Um, but I think that he's a, he's a very, uh, a very, he's got a, a really high ceiling, uh, low floor. I, I, you know, I just don't think that this guy's going to bust. He's smart, works hard. Uh, he's like Jared said, not in it just for himself. Um, I, I think that this is a, a good pick and great value in the third round. Yeah, and uh, this was the pick that we got from the Vikings to move back and still get um, Alec Pierce. So fantastic value. Uh, I think this may be the pick that uh, Colts fans look back on and say, holy crap, that trade back was a massive and important move for the franchise. So, uh, And as far as the age, again, you know, 25 years old, part of that was because, as Jared mentioned, he did serve uh, his time in the military in Austria. Uh, and you know, that's to be admired. Mm-hmm. Look, offensive tackle, you see guys that are playing into their mid late thirties and playing at a high level. Um, mm-hmm. we just saw one that played in the super bowl who is 40 years old. Not that you should expect that, but I think if there is a position in the NFL where you see these guys have some longevity, it is offensive tackle. It's one of the few positions where these guys play into their thirties very well. So, um, I don't put too much stock into the age thing. He could still have a 10 year career. Uh, and if you get a 10-year starter on the offensive line, especially if you get him at left tackle, uh, you take that every single time. All right. Especially in the third round. Especially in the third round. Exactly. If you can get, uh, if you can get five years out of a good starter in the third round, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Bar none. Um, no no hesitation. You'll take every GM in the league will take that. Um, really excited. Again, if you can't hear it, I'm giddy. I'm giddy about this pick. <laughs> um, all right. Last pick, the Colts sort of surprised us. I was packing up for the night thinking, oh, they're done. We'll come back on day three. And sure enough, they traded back into the third. They gave up this year's pick 179 and next year's third round pick. So there is, they're, they're gambling a little bit here. 
Um, mm. And in the third round, pick 96, they went and took safety Nick Cross out of Maryland. I had personally not heard of this kid. Um, went immediately, did some research. First thing I pulled up, boom, 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 the Raz score. Yeah. 9.9. Huh. 9.9. How weird is that? <laughs> For all the I talk of the RAS score not being a thing, right? Hmm. Uh, this guy is freaky athletic. 4 yeah. 3 4 40 time. Um, he's fast, but he is also very physical. Um, he's got long arms. He uses them to break up passes. Um, his use in college was somewhat limited. It's primarily as a single high, so it may take some time to develop him, build out a full game uh, as a safety, uh, and he needs to learn to wrap up a little bit more instead of uh, some of the ankle tackles that he was known for. Uh, but again, another absolute um, top-of-the-tier physical freak, uh, ranked ninth all-time of all free safeties since 19. 19- huh. 87 uh in RAS score. Uh <laughs> so yeah, uh I kind of like it. Chris, I'll go to you here first with this one. First of all, were you surprised by the aggression to move back into the third round? And were you surprised by the pick? And what do you think about Nick Cross? So I wasn't necessarily surprised by the aggression. I mean, if you listen to Ballard, he'll he likes so what he likes to do, he likes to trade back. That's obvious. He likes to pick up more picks. He likes to do those things. But he said it, and he's done it. Uh, when there's a guy he really likes, he will be aggressive, and he will go get him if he thinks that he's getting a difference maker. Mm. Um, and so it wasn't shocking that he moved back up. I was putting my daughter to bed, and I did not appreciate it at that moment. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, it wasn't that surprising that he did it. Uh, it was just really late. I let her stay up, and it was it's draft day. It's a holiday. Yeah. Um, but anyway, as far as his, his RAS score goes, it'd be really cool if we could stop talking about that because <laughs> RAS score is how I picked, like, most of the guys uh, that I got right. So, um, you know, it, but, yeah, it, it fits. It falls in line. He's an elite-level athlete. Um, you know, his his number one comp, as far as that goes, Eric Berry, Tennessee. Uh, Chris Ballard got a really good him. Uh, in Kansas City, I'm not saying this guy's Eric Berry. Just saying, right, right. An athlete, he he compares. Uh, so you know, as far as the value, I don't know. I didn't look at at safeties, and I didn't look at safeties not because I thought that they wouldn't take one. I thought that they might uh, on day three. Um, so it was a little bit of a surprise. You may guess that they found one in in on day two, um, but you know, at the same time, Chris Ballard loved him, came up and got him. Um, and my the article that I wrote where I predicted these guys my whole goal there is just to hit on names. And uh, frankly, it wasn't hard to know that they were going to take a wide receiver, a tight end and a tackle. Uh, and those are the ones I got right. Wasn't going to spend time on trying to pick a safety needle out of needle in a haystack. Uh, right. But Nick Cross fits the bill. Uh, he but Ballard obviously thinks this guy can play right away. We'll see what happens. Come, come the season. <laughs> uh, Jared. Your thoughts on this super athletic safety and the fact that, yes, we are talking about the RAS score again. Right. Um, how interesting is that? Um, so the, <laughs> the first thing I would say uh, about Nick Cross is the if I and correct me when I'm wrong, because I'm frequently wrong. Um, the last time the Colts traded up for a player was Jonathan Taylor. And if I'm right, am I right? I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. So 
I, I'm of the firm belief I came in hot, right? I said, I'm pretty sure all these teams are terrible at talent evaluation. And then the Colts at four picks in a row picked the top 10 prospects at, at that position at the time ever, all time since they started calculating RAS. And then I think about how difficult it is with all the things that are going on in the world to keep your head in a football Right. And then also become a better athlete in the process. Uh, so guys like Bernard getting picked, no shock, right? That dude underwent a transformation while going through college and playing yeah. a sport, right? Where the outcome's not necessarily directly dependent on your play, right? And it's hard to, it's hard just as a person, like to keep your head in it through wins and losses and the ups and downs. So with the Colts drafting these guys that are, tier one athletic prospects coming out of college. It's like these guys got tested at the college level and improved, right? And then look at their raw athletic talent. And then all you've got to do is help them fall in love with the game and find their place. And, and can they mesh in with what we're trying to do here? And if you're the Colts, and if we're really being honest with ourselves, the safety position has been lacking for years. So it's, a, it's about time we traded up, nutted up, and took a shot at a guy that is a top 10 prospect all time and see if he can come in here and make it happen, make it, make yeah. it pop, right? And, I, and, and I'd like to think a kid from Maryland, a kid that went to Maryland's got it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? The Terps got it. I bet you he comes in here and delivers. You know what I mean? I, I have a feeling. He certainly doesn't have physical limitations where that's no. concerned. That's for sure. Um, this kid is fast, and uh, he's got to stay healthy. Fast, yeah, stay healthy. Um, clean up his game a little bit. This guy mm-hmm. could uh, definitely eventually work his way into the lineup. The good news is uh, the Colts, I think, wisely went and got some veterans like Rodney McLeod mm-hmm. to help uh, you know fill in that gap for now. And you, you can lean on the McLeod, use his experience to help coach up a guy like this. Um, with the understanding that eventually you want to see uh, Nick Cross develop into a starter. Uh, he doesn't have to be that guy right away. And I think, you know, again, getting him in the third round, trading back to get him, that's not the expectation. But man, the upside on this guy, uh, the upside on all of these guys, holy crap. Right. The, again, the, the entire day two to land prospect after prospect that is in the top 5% of their position all time in athletic score. Uh, and then on top of that, as you mentioned, some guys who've got clear, uh, just massive upside from a, a character standpoint, uh, from a mental standpoint. Uh, to me, this was uh, how you want to see a draft class begin and play out. There's still day three to come. Obviously, we'll talk about that here on the podcast and at Stampede Blue. Um, but last question for both you guys, Jared, I'll start with you first. Obviously, uh, the one sort of remaining question. What is your overall grade for what the Colts did on day two? Oh, A plus. Brilliant. Uh, masterful. Uh, a master class in uh, team building. Uh, a, an exhibit of how you're supposed to do this. Um, we will look back on this class and we'll giggle because Malat said four Hall of Famers. But when you really think about what we're talking about, what did the Colts need? What did they do? They had great deals of need. All you got to do is get a couple of these guys to stick, right? And you surround them with uh, guys that have been through it at the, at, at the professional level so they can kind of ease them in uh, and, and the Colts can have smooth transitions. So it's, it's not all 
right? I mean, keep in mind, the Colts have had this little draft class and then signed Yannick Ngakwe and, and Matt Ryan as well and got rid of Carson Wentz and convinced another organization to take on his contract. I mean, we could keep talking about how Chris Ballard just keeps nailing this. All right, Chris, your thoughts on day two for the Colts? Uh, yeah, day two, I think it went about as well as you could expect. So part of me, uh, just watching, and again, I'm still in the mode of writing that, uh, that draft piece, but watching Chris Ballard react to it, I don't think it went exactly the way he wanted it to or expected it to necessarily. Um, he just didn't seem to be as happy as he has in years past. And maybe just, you know, maybe his coffee wasn't good that morning. It could be anything. Who knows? <laughs> Ran uh, out of creamer. Yeah. But from, from the outside looking in, I think it went great. Yeah. Um, giving it a, it's tough to give it a grade, you know, uh, who knows what these guys are going to do in three years, but just looking at it just from today in that right. context, um, you know, I think that you can probably give it a, a solid B plus a minus. Um, you know, it's not like, uh, it's not like a you know home run top ten pick slipped to the second round and Chris Ballard magically convinced the other thirty one NFL GMs not to, <laughs> not to pick that guy. Um, but I think that they filled holes. They got elite level athletes for the position, guys that can come in, fit the scheme, fit what the Colts want to do. Uh, I think it was a, a great a great day in the draft. Chris Ballard owns the second day of the draft. It's what he mm-hmm. does, and I think he did it again this year. Yeah, look, day day two is where the the best GMs make their money. Um, it's relatively easy uh, to hit on first round picks, uh, although there are plenty of teams that screw Ooh. that up all the time. Um, okay, but uh, from a value standpoint, from the the depth and from the continued uh, uh, quality of the roster, you have to do your job as a GM on day two and day three. The fact that he was able to trade back, still pick up um, a, a wide receiver with a tremendous upside pick up a tight end with tremendous upside, and then use one of those uh, picks to land an offensive tackle that could be your starter at left tackle for a decade. Um, The potential is there. And I think when you look at the value, you look at what he did moving around, stockpiling these picks. I'm going to give this uh, first day of the draft uh, an A-plus as well. I think this is what you want from a GM. These are the kind of moves that they're not flashy. They don't get a ton of attention. But this is what keeps a team competitive year over year over year. Um, obviously, there's still a lot more draft to come. Uh, we've got four more picks on day three. Uh, here they are. Fifth round, pick 159. Sixth round, pick 192. Sixth round, pick 216. And, of course, that illustrious seventh round pick, pick 239, to wrap up the Colts 2022 NFL draft class Of course, we'll be back here on the podcast to recap what happened and with further thoughts of the entire draft class, what the roster looks like after and whether or not this puts the Colts in position to finally topple the Titans in the AFC South. Um, All right, real quick, guys, Jared, tell our listeners where they can find you and what you have going on. Well, if you uh, are a regular consumer of Stampede Blue content, then, well, boy, you've heard my voice before. Uh, So I'm going on my fifth year. Uh, as a Vox Media contracted employee working for Stampede Blue. Uh, So after every Colts game, I post a link on Stampede Blue to a short, what I've been calling a a post-game wrap, where I just try to tell you why the Colts won, why they lost, what happened around the league that has an impact on next, you know, what's going on with us, and then who they play next week. 
right? And then I also write about gambling, right, on the NFL. And I post an article every week during the regular season and playoffs. Uh, and then I've got a podcast called The Cultist uh, with another Stampede Blue uh, colleague of ours, uh, Mateo Caliz, who lives in Argentina. Uh, so I, if you uh, regularly consume Stampede Blue content, my name is Jared Malott. You can find me on Twitter at Likely Alien. And thank you for having me, David. I appreciate yeah. you. Appreciate you being on, Jared. My my dog uh, gave us a little howl <laughs> there in the background. Uh, Chris, <laughs> remind our listeners where they can find you and what you have going on, sir. Yeah, you, you can find me on Twitter. I am super agreeable and always well taken on there. Uh, you can find me <laughs> at NFL Scheme. Uh, that's always a good time. I, I like and hate Twitter at the same time. Uh, if you're looking for me on stampedeblue.com, you can search uh, just for my name, Chris Shepard. Uh, Shepard is spelled S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. It's a super Old Testament. Uh, there's about 45 different ways to spell Shepard. Mine's the best. Uh, <laughs> uh, and today, if you guys want to know who the Colts are drafting, I've got a whole list of them. There's 14 names. They've already picked three from it. They're going to choose the remainder of the picks from my list because that's how this thing works. Yes. Yes. I love it. Um, as for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at NFLDW. Uh, And of course, our articles daily at stampedeblue.com. So for Chris, the Guru Shepherd, and Jeremy Lott, this is Dave Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.